0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner, Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft, hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show.
2: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of the KCSN Draft Show. I'm B.J. Kissel, joined by ESPN's Matt Miller to talk a little NFL draft. We're about five weeks away from the NFL world, descending on Kansas City. Cannot wait, Matt, for that to get here. Uh, So many cool things going on, so many cool ways in which uh, this beloved community that I know we both love uh, is going to be put on the national forefront in front of the NFL, even more than it already has been, you know, with parades and things like that. Yeah, I'm excited. I my countdown
3: is to Royals Opening Day, which is uh, ten days away as we sit here, BJ. So I'm, I think I'm starting to look at the lightest at the end of the tunnel. You know, 40 days away from the NFL Draft, 45 days away. Uh, to me, that is a reminder of how much work I still have to do before before we get to Kansas City for round uh, round one. I feel good about rounds two and three. Hayes in the barn. Day three, uh, still a lot of studying to do. If you see me tweeting about guys you've never heard of, it is that type of year to start focusing on day three. But, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for the football world to experience Kansas City. Um, I've talked to so many colleagues who just have either never been to Kansas City or they've never really, like they've flown in, worked the game at Arrowhead, and flown out, right? They haven't been
2: in the heart of the city. So I'm excited for that part of it, too. Yeah, we've got some cool stuff uh, from our perspective. I know you're obviously going to be up here in Kansas City uh, running around with ESPN with all the stuff that you guys have and you'll be on uh, on television breaking down all these picks for us to enjoy but um, we'll we'll soon be announcing uh, where KCSN will be live streaming the draft. We've had it set for a little bit but still have a few tiny details. Uh, if anybody out there listening or watching on YouTube is coming to Kansas City and come hang out with us uh, and the guys from the KC Laboratory that put together the KCSN draft guide and they do a phenomenal job uh, with that breaking down all of the picks. Um, and yeah, make sure you check that out. You can find all the information for that uh, draft guide. It's a Chiefs-specific draft guide. Costs like 12 bucks. Also gives you access to um, the KCSN sub-stack for the next three months. So pretty cool deal there. But Matt, I'm excited about this show. I know the last few times that we've done it, we've thrown interviews that we did at the East-West Shrine Bowl. We still have got probably 20 interviews that we're going to throw to in- during content over the next month. But I wanted to break this show up a little bit and I want to rank some mock drafts with you because it's mock draft season. They're all over the place. Yeah. It's a great practice for me just to get used to players and kind of see how things could fall. Uh, there's a lot of simulators out there. I know that a lot of Chiefs fans uh, play around with and then post on social media to get their reactions. But I'm excited to be about this because we got five different mock drafts that I found that have been put out in the last few days from some of the national platforms, including uh, colleagues of yourself over there at ESPN. And I want to get uh, your thoughts and I want to rank, uh, from a Chiefs perspective which ones you like the most how do you like this idea
3: I like it I uh, used to do something similar on a podcast I used to have a long time ago called stick to football that people might remember and it was it was fun. Yeah. you're right it's an exercise and I think the great thing about mock drafts that as someone who makes a living of covering the draft I like I wish we could get to the point where fans see a mock draft and there's a player that maybe they don't know the name of or a physician they're not like oh well instead of automatically being like my team will never I like to approach it of why would my team do that or how would that fit and so I I think that's like if I could beg draft fans to like curve one way that we think about things instead of my team will never like have an open mind you know because I I don't think a lot of Chiefs fans thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire would have been a pick at number 32 overall he was we could debate until the cows come home if that was a good pick or not I don't think it was but I, I that's the fun of the draft is the the uncertainty. And in in the months leading up to it, everybody wants certainty and absolutes and those don't exist. So I think doing it this way, looking at five different drafts, finding some commonalities and maybe learning about some new players or the way different experts see the positions of need in Kansas City is pretty interesting
2: to me. Yeah. So let's let's get into this. We're gonna go through. I'm just gonna Mention where I got the, the mock draft, obviously the player, and then I'm going to re- read through the analysis that was given on why the Chiefs made that pick. Get your reaction, uh, and then we'll go from there, and then we'll rank them after the fact. Do you have any questions about where? Because Matt has not seen these ahead of time. I'm surprising this. Dude, yeah, <laughs> uh, on that, so we get a natural reaction. Plus, it's a nice uh, practice for him as he gets ready for draft season. But um, the Chiefs make a pick. If you have any other questions about where somebody else may have fallen or if somebody else was on the board, Matt, you just let me know. Uh, but the first one, I was going to start with ESPN, because that's where you work. Uh, your you. colleague Todd McShea at number 31 Todd, Todd, Todd. had the Chiefs selecting Auburn edge Derek Hall. And here is what he wrote for that pick. What can, the, what can the Super Bowl champs do to improve at the end of round one? Offensive tackle and receiver are the top needs but there's no value on the board at either position. Maybe Alabama safety Brian Branch could work in the slot to replace free agent Juan Thornhill on the back end. Perhaps the Chiefs do what they did last time. They won a Super Bowl cap off the first round with a running back since Alabama's Jermire Gibbs is still on the board. I just triggered like half of Chiefs fans. It, yeah, I know. Those that are listening or if you drove up, make sure you stay on the road if you're driving because I know I just upset some yeah. people. All right. Or would GM Brett Veach be tempted by off-the-chart physical traits of Georgia tight end Darnell Washington and opt to put him opposite Travis Kelsey? All decent options, but adding another pass rusher never hurts. And while the Chiefs were second in sacks last season, 21 of their 55 came when defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo dialed up a blitz. Hall had 16 sacks and 26 tackles for loss over the past two seasons and just posted a 10-foot-7 broad jump and ran a 40 in the, at 4-5-5 five, five at 254 pounds. That's really good. He sudden takes off in a flash. Let's add him to the mix in KC opposite 2022 first round of George Karloftis, especially with Carlos Dunlap and now Frank Clark hitting free agency how do you feel we're going to obviously get back and talk through this as we rank them here in a little bit but off the top what is your initial impression of that analysis and what you think of Derek Hall from Auburn yeah I think Todd did his
3: maybe like right after free agency started or right before so obviously this doesn't factor in Charles Amenehu coming into the fold I think pass rusher is going to be a very popular mock draft pick for Kansas City at 31 assuming they keep the pick right Um, it is a deep pass rusher class and I think I mean, it is a copycat league. Everyone's going to look at what San Francisco has done, what Philly has done, and want to have basically a wave of pass rushers. You can't afford to run out of pass rushers late in the year or late in games. So I think it, it does make a lot of sense. Derek Hall had a fantastic senior bowl. I do feel like the talk it in Mobile was late first round, late first round, late first round. Mm-hmm. And then, as always happens, the juniors get in the mix at the the combine, and guys like Derek Hall don't get talked about as much for a couple weeks and then everyone seems to be able to comprehend all these players together and hall's name will will heat back up i know right now it's not necessarily hot out there but i I do think by the time we hit april
2: people will be talking about him again in that in that kind of area yeah i again uh for the sake of not going through it twice i do want to get your thoughts on this real quick because when i read through kind of the scouting report on Derek hall so seems like a great player. I haven't studied a lot of him. Um, obviously, where he's at, you watch him on film, he does flash, but kind of yeah. similar to George Karloff, just in a way when you're looking at edge rusher about it's more physicality than it is speed. And the only question that I have for you, and this isn't a, a take on it, it's just if you have an option of bringing in a different kind of pass rusher with a different skill set, how important do you think that is as opposed to finding, and I'm not saying he's the same player and I'm comparing them because I don't I don't know them like that. You could respond to that but do you need kind of like when you talk about wide receivers you talk about putting together a basketball team you need the big physical guys you need the shorter quicker guys. like you want a little bit of every kind of skill set do you feel like that yeah. should be the same for two edge rushers that ultimately you want paired across from one another starting at some point I think that's ideal is to have a little bit of a yin and yang option
3: to it I do think that's you know like we talked about this was before a minute he was signed I do right. think that's a lot of the strategy there of okay we've got Carloftis is not the biggest guy, right? I mean, so you've got kind of an average-sized guy on one side. Now you have a minute, who, who I haven't talked to him. I,
2: I meant to text him and ask him, like, "Hey, what are you going to play at?" <laughs> Keith, I think he's more of an inside. I think the plan is more right? inside next to Chris. Yeah, right. And so, which is terrifying
3: uh, for everyone else because he's like two eighty, right? And but he's incredibly yeah. long. He can bump outside. We, we saw it a ton in, in San Francisco. Excuse me. He had like fifty pressures last year. I mean, he he could play. Yeah all over so i think that is kind of the fun part of it is well if you have if you chris is and you know he's the guy right yeah uh karloftis is not super big if next to chris is another guy that's not super big i I think you could get into some of that yeah you probably want a more of a powerful left side defensive end you probably want somebody closer to the 270 280 range And, and there are names that we can throw out there that fit in this draft class as well um so as weird as a two-year signing for $20 million, you wouldn't think that has a gigantic domino effect, but I, I actually think it does because now you're looking for more of just a like a first-down nose tackle and a many who can play in. But then yeah. you're looking for someone that can play in when he bumps inside in pass situations. So yeah, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You almost get into finding roles versus starters when your team's this good. And yeah. so, yeah, I would prefer... Somebody that's like 275, 280, playing over the right tackle, um, especially in that division. Uh, Hull doesn't fit that yeah. mold, but uh, again, this is pre uh, Aminahu.
2: Yeah, and I don't think, uh, with Aminahu, I think it's more, I don't think, again, starting defensive end. He may get there, it may work out that way, but I think the plan of the high upside is passing situations, nickel-dime, obvious third downs, put him next to Chris let Chris take the double teams and move a who are around with his athleticism, the stunts, the ways that he can turn the corner, uh, creating some lanes, uh, with all the attention Chris is getting, I think is there the other thing. And I will get to the, actually we'll get to this here in just a second with, uh, one of these other picks, but we'll move on to the next one. And again, we're going to go through all of these and then we're going to come back and rank, uh, which ones we like the most, but, uh, let's move on to the next one. And this is, uh, your buddy, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL network picks, Georgia edge, nolan smith and to be honest with you matt when i was going through this nolan smith was the most popular mock draft pick to the chiefs which um a little surprising because i figured he'd be long gone at this point but for a handful of the mock drafts i think sports illustrated and cbs both had um him listed uh, to the chiefs as well but the write-up from dj um on nolan smith said smith is an outstanding athlete who reminds me a little bit of hassan reddick when he was coming out of temple Smith would get a lot of pass rush opportunities in Kansas City thanks to the Patrick Mahomes-led offense. A little more yeah. detail uh, from Todd McShay. Let's put it out there that we got from DJ on that pick, but uh, Nolan Smith is a yeah. player that most football-watching fans have seen plenty of with his time at Georgia and all the success they've had.
3: Yeah, I mean, I gotta get it in my contract to do the one sitting mock draft. dj just got it. <laughs> I know he doesn't love doing mock drafts, so my man's got figure it figured out. He'll write, a thousand words on a flare where his top 25 or top top 32 and the mock draft comes around he's like i don't want to do this so you get a (laughs) sentence um i would absolutely love nolan smith uh anywhere but i think particularly in kansas city i don't believe it's a great scheme fit however um unless we, we would see a pretty significant change from kansas city in the way they want to do their their front four I mean, this is like a, this is an old school defense in some respects. You know, we're, we're seeing still some four three packages out there. So I don't, yeah. I mean, Smith does not fit as an outside linebacker in Kansas city. He is not, yeah. he's not that guy and you don't need him as well.
2: Yeah. He's the same size as drew tranquil. He's six two two thirty eight, 238 And so like, I just right. jumped out to me when looking at it is there's been a handful of pass rushers and you and I talked about Jose Ramirez last week. He's the same size. And so yeah. that does not fit the prototypical Spags defensive end. No. Um, it that I know the lab guys have talked quite a bit about, but at some point, you take talent and you figure out where to put them.
3: That's what I was going to say. Smith is freaky, though. And that's, that's. I don't think he'll be there at 31. I, I really don't. I'm, I know, you know, he's coming off a peck injury. He looked fine at the combine. He was a little undersized, but that that comp of Hassan Reddick is the one I think everybody's making at this point. I've, DJ may have been the first, but it, it just fits from a, body type and athletic standpoint and i think smith needs to be in a situation like that where you've just got some big boys up front and you can just kind of play in space you know and and sure there's times he's head up on a tackle or he's actually engaging with the tackle but a lot of times he's rushing from like a nine technique so it's almost like more of a three four alignment and we just don't see that in kansas city so as much as i love nolan smith on talent on talent alone i love this pick I don't think
2: it's a scheme fit. I also I, I just don't think he's going to be there at 31. Yeah. Well, that's two strikes. But I will say we just got done talking about trying to find a player different uh, from a skill set perspective than George Karloftis when talking about Derek. This would be very different. And this would be a very different. So it fits that mold. And I never asked specifically, do you, from a, just kind of, when reading through some of the weaknesses and the things that knock Derek Hall a little bit, talk about stiffness pure strength but a little stiff not necessarily this fluid turn the corner bend kind of athlete do you see that that part of it is similar to Karloftis not the same overall the same player but you get that part of it yeah I think Karloftis okay.
3: early in his last year at Purdue had a little more twitch and it seemed mm-hmm. to wear down I know it's something we've talked about before last year it seemed it was almost the opposite like he got a little more athletic toward the end of the year had to Bobby Stroop so oh, I was gonna say I let's give credit to the guy yeah, that was working nine. with him uh, I do think Derek Hall is a little bit heavier-handed, and uh, I don't want to get mm-hmm. super in the weeds with it, but I, I think he is a little okay. bit better with hand play. But I loved
2: Karloftis, though. I mean, you'll remember that. Yeah, yeah. cool. All right, and the other thing to mention, because I know from a roster composition, and I was reminded of this recently, uh, with guys like Carlos Dunlap, uh, who we've talked about, and even Frank Clark, uh, when talking about free agency, yeah. some of these players, for a couple of different reasons, some of these veteran guys who are out there, don't expect necessarily for those guys to sign right away because a don't necessarily want to go to phase one to go to otas in the beginning but also you wait till after uh, after the nfl draft is over um yes. any player signed right now to over two million dollar contract picks against the compensatory formula so a guy like carlos dunlap and even frank clark may be waiting till after the draft to sign to go somewhere so again from a roster building standpoint for the chiefs know they need an edge or another body over there it could be a veteran player bringing those guys back, it may just be a timing thing. And so we might not know until after the draft. So um, I know yeah. at least anybody playing the exercise that I do, I'm going on Chiefs wire looking uh, at the current kind of 90-man as far the- as what the Chiefs are doing, where everybody fits, how many different players they have at specific positions. And uh, one of the other positions that um, we're going to move on to right now that the ringer, Mr. Danny Kelly, uh, had picked for the Chiefs in his mock draft, uh, was Mozzie Smith, uh, the interior defensive line from Michigan. It's a player I don't know a ton about, Matt. Um, how do you yeah. feel about that selection for the Chiefs?
3: Uh, I like the positional value a lot. This is not a great defensive tackle class. It is particularly not a great defensive tackle class when you look for, for big boys. You know, uh, Jalen Carter's going to go to the top 10. Obviously, Elijah yeah. Canty from Pitt is 280 pounds. He's probably going to go to the top 20, top 25. Uh, Bison Smith's 323 pounds, 6'3, 323. More of your prototypical can play zero one three. Um, you could bump them all down the defensive line. I actually think he'd be a really fun fit next to Chris Jones, just because what we were talking about with you know bringing in a minute you He can bump all over, but you need a body. Like you need just yeah. you know a dump truck in the middle of the D line, and that's what Mozzie Smith is. I mean, this dude was a a four star stud recruit when he got to Michigan, and there's this weird thing that's happened at Michigan, really under Jim Arbaugh. They bring in these great athletes but they never produce because they rotate so much. And it feels like they just don't get developed. I mean, uh, Rashawn Derry was that way. Of like, God, this dude's got so many tools, so many traits, did get developed. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is probably the exception to that rule. Um, But Mossy Smith and Mike Morris, two guys in this year's class that both fit that uh, mold of, man, these dudes got tools, but they just, they didn't play a ton, they didn't develop. So you're not going to see production on tape. But I think with Smith, like you're getting size, you're getting like Five star athletic ability, really good power, but as a pass rusher, like he needs he needs coached. Thankfully, you guys have one of the best D line coaches in the game that could do that. But this is this is a three hundred twenty five ball of clay that needs molded in the pass game. The thing is, though, he's got power, he's got first step quickness. It's just inexperienced as a pass rusher right now.
2: Yeah, Joe Colon's gotten the best out of everybody that stepped uh, in his room. Yeah, again, joking. Make sure if you're watching this and you haven't yet. Go back and listen to the interview that we did. Um, myself, Sean Barber, uh, who played for Joe Cullen um, back at Richmond back in the day. Um, but go check out that interview. Joe Cullen had some really good nuggets about some of the current players. Talking about Chris Jones. He loves Mike Dana. Uh, talking about Michigan guys. But uh, Lance Zerline from uh, Zerline, uh, from NFL uh, Network had the player comparison for Mozzie Smith being Dontari Poe. Uh, that's what he had. on NFL. Fun. I like that. Combine his combined yeah. profile. And here's here's what Danny Kelly, again, going back to the mock that, that picked this, here's what Danny Kelly had to say um, about the Chiefs picking Mozzie Smith at 31. The champs look to add some beef to the middle of the defensive line. Smith is an outstanding athlete with bulldoze power to walk opponents back into the pocket. Alongside Chris Jones, he helps give the Chiefs a brick wall along the interior. He's 21 years old. Again, 6'3", 223, Matt, as you mentioned. Uh, this is another position that looking at the roster, losing Colin Saunders uh, to the New Orleans Saints, the Chiefs are going yeah. to bring guys in. I expect the Chiefs to bring back Derek Naughty, a player that's been with them for the last few years. Uh, it's not going to cost a ton of money. It, it'd be a very similar type pick that we've seen from the Chiefs so far in free agency with guys like Mike Edwards, um, guys like Drew Tranquil, guys like obviously Jawan yeah. Smith and Charles Amenhu. Those are filling all these perceived air quote needs uh, that looking at this roster from a, you know, a 50,000 foot view, you get to the draft and you don't feel compelled that you have to select a certain position. So wide receiver is going to be one. We've seen the wide receiver, at least the veteran market kind of not cool, but you see Brandon Cooks get traded. You see Adam Thielen sign his deal. And so that's the other one for the chiefs. And there is a, there is a wide receiver mocked here and we'll move on to the next one. Uh, this is a fun one. So, Matt, pro football focus has the Chiefs, and I believe it was Trevor Sykema, friend of the program. I believe Trevor had the Chiefs at 31. Uh, actually, I know he did. Taking Utah tight end Dalton. Oh, baby. How do you feel about this that. one? Because this is kind of off the books. I had brought up Michael Mayer in the past. I know Dalton Kincaid is a, a more explosive athlete, I've been told. How do you feel about this pick? much more explosive athlete I love this pick and I'm not saying
3: that because uh, I love Trevor as well but I Travis Kelsey is a hall of famer first ballot he is the greatest tight end of football right now he might be the greatest tight end in NFL history uh I think the only other guys in the running are Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski right we could we could sit down over some beers and have a, a good conversation about that however he turns 34 early this season I think week four or week five he turns 34 now, I'm not saying Travis can't keep it going for a couple more years because I think he can, right. right? And he's managed to stay very healthy. He takes great care of himself, but yeah. if Duncan Cade falls to 31, and it would be a fall in my opinion, I think you have to do it. And you know, we've I like Noah Gray, I, I like Blake yep. Bell, but they are Jody Fortson players. Oh, Jody Fortson's coming Jody back Fortson. too. Dan, yeah, I mean, I'm. I still don't know if that's ever gonna happen, but I I do know that there are a lot of people that that are big term big time
2: believers in Jody Force. And and he's flashed. He has absolutely flashed. I say they're great pieces. They're I don't think they're an everyday and every down, I should say every down tight end. And I've made the case not to to jump it. I've made the case that whoever is going to be the chief starting tight end three or four years from now, whatever that looks like, don't expect Travis Kelsey to play late into his thirties, probably because Uh, Most likely for me, because everything he does, he's successful with. We saw him on Saturday Night Live. We saw his podcast. He's going to be killing it no matter what he does. So it's just as long as he has that fire to play the game, hopefully he continues to play for a long time. But the most important thing for me is that whoever the next tight end to be in every down tight end, I want that guy to be around Travis Kelsey for at least two years before he's handed off. He's too good. He's too good with younger players. He's too good at the route running and all of the knowledge that he possesses for the Chiefs to not take advantage of that to help them propel the next dude when it's that time. And this is the year to do that because it is a historically
3: good tight end class, but no one feels like these dudes are going to come off the board early. So Dalton Kincaid uh, has had a back injury, kept him out of the Rose Bowl, kept Mm -hmm. him out of really competing at the Combine. All expectations is he's going to be just fine. But So imagine if George Kittle wasn't a great blocker. That's who Dalton Kincaid is. That, like, fiery yards after catch, aggressive route running, just chews up yards, fantastic scoring threat. But blocking, as we all know, can be top. It is a skill the Titans can get better at if they want to. So, I think Kincaid, if he's there at 31, is a great pick. And I also think, you know, we have to start to, like, bend our thinking about pass catchers to where it's not just, okay, well, when Kelsey retires, we need a number one wide receiver. Well, maybe, but right. when Kelsey retires, you might need a number one tight end because that's working pretty well. So I, I think Andy Reid has done a great job of like positionless football on offense almost. And just the yeah. best guy is going to get the most targets and having Kincaid work as a tight end too. You could put him in the slot. You could put him out wide. Like you could just, you put him in the backfield. You could have so much fun with this grouping so if he's there at 31, and I'll say this, if Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is there, if Darnell Washington from Georgia is there, I think all three of those guys, you got to take a long, hard look, especially Washington, who's a great round blocker. you got to have that conversation of, Travis is going to be
2: 34. Let's, let's get the apprentice in here, learning from the master a little bit. Yeah, in this particular mock, again, this is from Pro Football Folks' is Trevor Sekima. He has Darnell Washington going at 28 uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. So he does not have Darnell Washington Ooh. on the board. But here's what he said about Dalton Kincaid. Uh, With Juju Smith-Schuster gone, the Chiefs could try and replace him with one of the smaller wide receivers left, but the best options on this board are players of smaller size, which the Chiefs still have. Instead, they could switch it up and take a chance on a receiving tight end to pair with Travis Kelsey. I like the size option with Kincaid. All right, let's move on to the final mock draft that we are going to rank here in just a bit. This is also from NFL Network, but this one's Bucky Brooks, wide receiver from Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt. Matt, how do you feel about Jalen Hyatt coming to the Kansas City Chiefs? I feel like I'm Jalen Hyatt's biggest fan in the
3: the draft media because I I see a player that should probably go in the top 25, maybe top 20. Um I know the combine wasn't great. I think people got kind of caught up in the 40-yard dash and we could have a much bigger conversation about those times and the accuracy this year and things like that, but I see Hyatt as someone who is just scratching the surface of who he can be. Uh, right now, he's a, a fantastic deep threat. Played in a, a up-tempo vertical stretch offense and dominated. Won the Blitnikoff. and wasn't even the number one target on that offense through the first month of the season. So production checks all the boxes. I think he has better hands than most of the top receivers in this draft. And it's funny because people mention drops with him, but they don't talk about drops with Quentin Johnston or Zay Flowers, who have like yeah. legit you know, 10 plus percent drop percentages throughout their career. So I like Hyatt a lot. He's a little bit of a one-trick pony right now. My only reservation would be going away from like drafting, you know, almost like gadget guys at wide receiver and Hyatt isn't a a gadget. He's a one-trick pony and the one trick's really good. And your expectation is that you can teach him and coach him to be a more diverse route runner. That sounds a lot like Sky Moore to me, is my only hesitation. Not that Sky was a deep threat, but it was like, hey, this guy's an option route, you know, artist, and he's great underneath, and he's a lot of yards after catch, but you got to coach up the route tree. DK Metcalf was the same way coming out Ole Miss. My man ran three routes at Ole Miss, and (laughs) the Seahawks developed him. And it was like, okay, well, now he's running five, and then he was running seven, and now he runs the ball. And so you can do it. You can expand a route tree. Um, I don't think Janet Hyatt will have any trouble there. It's just,
2: we're kind of measuring expectations if you draft a player like that. Yeah, I was at the combine when he was speaking with the media uh, when Jalen Hyatt was, and he said he did talk to the Chiefs, would love, obviously, to play with Patrick Holmes um, and all the things you'd expect any wide receiver <laughs> to say. And honestly, any player uh, speaking yeah. to fans or NFL decision makers, he's not going to say, I don't want to go play for that team, but uh, did have a huge right. smile on his face when Andy Reid said that Andy Reid had him on the board, uh, was asking questions about him. He was answering a lot of questions about the offense at Tennessee. Is route running, if he's a one-trick pony. A lot of the the NFL draft people, and analysts and, and bloggers and everybody, uh, you could tell that that was a storyline or a thing with him because that was a lot of the questions being fired his way. But again, uh, Bucky Brooks has Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee, uh, mocked between the it. Chiefs in his latest mock draft. Uh, I don't hate that, but we're going to see what we like after this quick break. We are going to rank these mock drafts. We'll be right back after this.
1: Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Thanks for watching this production of KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: All right, welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show. on BJ Kissel. We're hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller. We just went through the five of the latest mock drafts for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll run through them real quick, and then Matt and I are going to rank them on what we would like to see as we sit here, what, halfway through free agency uh, at some point on March 20th. So here are the five mock drafts. Uh, ESPN's Todd McShay having the Chiefs take. Derek Hall, edge Rusher out of Auburn. Daniel Jermiah, NFL Network, has Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia. Uh, Danny Kelly from the Ringer has the Chiefs taking Michigan interior defensive lineman Mozzie Smith. Trevor Sycamore from Pro Football Focus has Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, headed to the Chiefs. And then again, as we just finished up before that break, NFL Network's Bucky Brooks has the Chiefs taking Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. So out of those five mock drafts, Matt, uh, let's go in reverse order. I'm going to surprise you with yes. Uh, Which one would you like to see uh, the fifth, fifth most likely, fifth most excited about? Not saying that none of these players would be upset with. So we'll put that out there. Absolutely not. Um, Um, But which one ranks fifth for you? You're you're absolutely right. I actually like
3: all these picks. There's not a bad pick in the bunch here. Uh, I would say uh, I'll put Massey Smith at number five, BJ, but mostly on. I think that 31 is a little early for him. To me, he's a mid-to-late second-round guy. I do like the I like the fit in Kansas City. I also think positional value, a nose tackle, late first round, a little bit rich for me for a guy who has, like I said, not a lot of pass rush production and really needs to be developed in that area. Now, in three years, if he's the next Javon Hargrave, I'm not going to be surprised. So uh, I know you said Lance had him comp to Don Poe, which is a great comp,
2: uh, but he's a, a work in progress, so I'll put him at number five. All right, I have number five. I have Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, and that that could change with any picks. And this is why, Matt, uh, you talk about needing to expand the route. Tree. It's very similar to what we saw with McCole Hardman. And as, the, as we sit here today, now this could change uh, with any kind of move for an Odell Beckham or a move to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of things have to happen. I think both those things are going to take a little bit uh, of time. I don't think those are going to happen quickly. But and they're both money things as far as what the Chiefs can do financially. So regardless, the Chiefs are going to add a veteran receiver at some point. Uh, hopefully before the drafts, so they don't get to that point. And they don't have them yet. But yeah, for me, the Chiefs need somebody who can step in and produce right away. It has nothing to do with Jalen Hyatt as to why I think that wouldn't necessarily happen. It has to do with, I've been paying attention to this team since Andy Reid got here. and We've never seen a rookie wide receiver step in and produce. It takes right. a little bit of time in this offense for these guys to step up, and when you're looking at the current wide receiver room for the Chiefs, I'm going to bring it up right here because we did this uh, on our show the other day. Here are the current wide receivers for the Chiefs. Let me bring this up. I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to try to do it off the top of my head. So, Matt, we've got Marquez Valdez-Gantling, yeah, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. So those three, you know. But then you it get injured. to the fourth wide receiver. You're talking about guys that didn't play last year. Cornell Powell, right. Justin Ross, is- John Ross, yeah. Ty Fry frogel um, And I'm going to miss a couple on there. But like a guy like Justin Watson, yeah. expect him to be back. So I understand that. I expect Justin Watson yeah. to be back with the Chiefs. I was too perfect of a fit. But you need another dude. And I know you have Travis Kelsey. But like you need another dude that you can count on. And as talented right. as any wide receiver in this draft is, I don't expect any of them to come in and catch 600 to 800 yards receiving, and I think that's what the Chiefs are missing. I think there is a player that's not on the Chiefs roster right now who is going to have more than 600 yards receiving next year. I don't think it's a rookie. I just we've never seen that before. I think it's probably DeAndre Hopkins. That's
3: probably the answer there. After watching uh, Brandon Cooks get traded, it's probably DeAndre Hopkins. But I, I do agree with you. Wide receiver at 31. Um, it's a fun idea it's it's a hard fit, I think so um, I have Jalen Hyde a little bit higher than you we'll get to that
2: all right let's uh, move on to number
3: four who's your fourth most excited out of these five I would dare call a four and again this is uh, the the world is different now than it was when that mock draft was made because of Charles Abani who coming into the fold uh, we talked a lot about how you'd like to get a little bit of a different body type opposite George Karloff this I out of out of Barre from Northwestern. That's a kind of an exciting name to keep an eye on for Kansas City because he's 282 pounds. Uh, he's a great athlete. He's got long arms despite being a little bit of a shorter player at six foot two. Uh, that is more the body type that I would be looking for opposite George Karloftis. I like Derek Hall a lot. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Uh, he's ready to go right
2: away. I mean, he's plug and play, in my opinion. Uh, just not my favorite uh, scheme fit for Kansas City. All right. At number four, I have Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. And again, I think you could change my mind. I'm just, I'm very set on, uh, as you can tell the top three being defense. Uh, I love giving these guys the Joe Cullen before he leaves and takes a defensive coordinator job or a head coaching job somewhere else. I want these young defensive guys to get a chance, but Dalton Kincaid, phenomenal player. I just I love the idea of continuing what they did last year, building this young defense, getting as much talent on that side of the ball because you're going to have Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have Andy Reid for the next foreseeable future. We'll see about Travis Kelsey and some of the weapons, but offense is going to be able to continue doing what they're doing. I love the idea of building a defense to try and mirror match uh, the success that we have on the offensive side of the ball, and that's using the highest and the best resources you have, filling up the defensive side of the ball with rookies, Uh, that they can get the most out of while on the offensive side spend a little bit more money in free agency whether it's a DeAndre Hopkins if they can figure out uh, the money side of things and obviously the trade competition if there's a fit and all that kind of stuff Uh, but spend some money on proven player proven veteran players in free agency on the offensive side and load up with the young defense so that's why I had Dalton Kincaid there at the fourth one let's move on to number three third most excited right down the middle Matt who do you got? That's where
3: I put Jalen Hyatt. So I knew we were going to get the tonal very, very soon. I, I like Hyatt a lot as a player. I will be surprised if he's even available at number 31 overall. And I, I do think, like you were saying, um, this is a team that you know you're going to be able to score points because you have Andy Reid and you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey and, and Matt Nagy, a good offensive line. Like You're going to be able to score points. Uh, so I do understand the the mindset of, let's invest in defense. Let's let's load up our assets there. Uh, you're not paying a whole lot of people on defense outside of you know Chris Jones at this point. So it does make some sense. Hyatt, to me, would be a scenario where the the really good pass rushers are off the board. And I like I like where this team's at at corner. There's not a safety yeah. that I would draft at 31. Uh, there's probably not a defensive tackle I would draft at 31. So to me, Hyatt is, all right, the DNs are off the board. We don't love the value anywhere else. Let's draft another you know wide receiver that's more for the future. Maybe in a, a world post-Kelsey, we go back to the you know four wide and throw it deep type of offense. I think
2: uh, Hyatt did sail well in that scenario. All right, and number three, I've got the Danny Kelly from the ringer taking Mozzie Smith. I got Mozzie Smith there as my third. Um, that's just because I like you keep loading up the defensive line. You can never have enough dudes up there. We've seen that over right. the years. It's all with the Eagles last year. You just keep running five, six dudes out there. And I know that's not necessarily Mozzie Smith's game, uh, but getting the the top talent that you can and uh, trying to replace a guy like Colin Saunders, who um, stepped up and made some huge plays. Had the, I think the Chiefs only sack in the Super Bowl yeah, uh, with right. that play that he made. Again, I'm not comparing them as players or athleticism or whatever. I just, you give me top talent along the defensive line, you can wreck a lot of things uh, mm-hmm. when they can't block those dudes up front. All right, let's get to the top two. Uh, mine are the same position, <laughs> if you've been following along. Uh, right. Matt, not- got, who do you got at number two? this is hard I actually my notes i've scribbled on it like who, you know
3: which one do i put in there so i put nolan smith at two uh my realistic expectation is this dude will not even come close to being available at number 31 so let's go let's set the expectation there he's long gone and once he ran a 439 in indy it was like all right he's he's coming up the board there's gonna be a one in front of the number in his uh on his pick uh, i love nolan smith i don't think he's a scheme fit, but. I think you figure that out. If he's a, available at 31 with that pass rush, with the burst, I mean, what, how savvy he is. I mean, he's even played well against the run despite being sub 240. Uh, I think you figure out a way to use him if he's on the board because he's just that talented. I don't expect that to happen. But yep. it would be pretty fun to see Karloftis, Jones, and minute, Nolan Smith. I mean, good luck. Especially, I think you said it in, in you know, Dana Jeremiah's write-up. of oh, Chiefs are going to score. You're going to have to throw to keep up with this team. And if you can roll out a NASCAR package like that, come
2: on. No, yeah. no, one's, no one's shutting that down. All right. For number two, I've got Auburn's Derek Hall, uh, the edge rusher. And I know it, it kind of goes against what I had mentioned earlier in trying to get a different kind of skill set, a guy more like a Nolan Smith, more of a speed, a speed guy that can and beat you in a different way. Um, the Derek Hall, kind of similar in the way that he could win as George Karloftis. But again, I want dudes off the edge that are on rookie deals, and I am an optimistic person. So whoever they take, I expect to get the best out of them. And if you pick all five of these guys, if all five of these guys become all pros, which one is the most impactful for you? Maybe just from a position standpoint, to me, it's edge edge rusher. If you have edge rushers on rookie deals, plus Chris Jones and Charles Amenehu in the middle. It may take a couple years to make all pros. I get that. You don't see a lot of edge or stuff. I'm just absolutely dominate, especially when you're getting the yeah. fifth or sixth one drafted every year because of where the chiefs are going to be picking every year. But give me Derek Hall right there. And we will get to our number one picks. If you have been following along, you probably know what they are, but you'll get our analysis right after this quick break.
1: Whether you're a chiefs, Royals, sporting KC, KC current, K state, KU or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered.
2: Welcome welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show. I'm BJ Kissel. We're hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller. We are ranking the mock drafts. We have five mock drafts from NFL Network, Pro Football Focus, The Ringer, and ESPN, and then a the second one from NFL Network. And we are to our number one mock draft selection that's out there right now. Mr. Matt Miller, you get to go first. I know what it is, but explain to me how excited Chiefs, fan, Chiefs fans should be. If this is the name that's called at 31, by the time the draft rolls around here in about five weeks, yeah, BJ,
3: my number one pick, Dalton Kincaid, tight end from Utah, and I—I I mean, even when you said the pick, I, like you said, I didn't know them. The, the excitement of oh my gosh, the way you could put him into this offense—you just got done saying rookie wide receivers don't produce for Andy Reid. I think a rookie tight end, even knowing that you're tight end too, could honestly be number two on this team in catches and yards. Like I, I think he's that talented as a pass catcher. And I can't understate how great he is yards after catch. So uh, he's, this is not a a Travis Kelsey clone. I said it before, this is a George Kittle clone minus the pass blocking, which I think will come uh, for Dalton Kincaid. So this is more of a, I think more of a a raw athlete in space who can tear you up with yards after catch. He was unstoppable in the red zone. So Kincaid would be like home run, slam dunk. I don't know how defenses are going to
2: stop this team. I'm not, I'm not going to pick apart because I love the pick, but I'm going to pick apart some of the analysis, Matt, because it, not oh, from a oh, negative oh, standpoint, but yeah. but no. Of all the play, of, of the five players right here, besides maybe Mozzie Smith based on what you said earlier, yeah. Dalton Kikade is one of the more likely scenarios of players to be there based on what we've been talking about. Yeah. So he's your number one option. Nolan Smith, not your number one option. He is my number one option to get that out of the way. But because he's players player who's most likely not to be there because of what we've seen. <laughs> Whereas Dalton Kincaid, for all the reasons you just mentioned, all the reason in the world to get excited. No, Patrick Mahomes would probably be very excited to bring in that kind of talent. I would love, again, for all the reasons we mentioned earlier, for Dalton Kincaid to get to spend a couple of years around Travis Kelsey and to see how he goes about his business, to see how he goes about his route running uh, and how he kind of sets up his routes and gets to the top and puts force into the ground. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Go study, go find it on YouTube. There are videos out there of Travis Kelsey explaining how he runs routes and creates separation, and it is awesome to listen to in completely different perspective. But I'm going to pick it apart a little bit because of these guys, Dolan Kikade is one of the more likely scenarios of a player to be there at 31. Is that fair? I think, depending on medicals,
3: yes. Uh, because okay. it's such a deep tight end class. That Here's the thing. The tight ends, and I know, I'm going to contradict myself here, they're so good that they're going to go early or there are so many of them that they're going to go late. And so because there are like six tight ends who have a starter grade in this draft, we might see teams wait to draft them. However, like they're really, really good players and not a great draft class, so they, they're safe. You know, Mayer, Kincaid, uh, Washington, Musgrave, Schoonmaker from Michigan, uh, Kraft from South Dakota State, those dudes are all safe players. So in a bad draft, they could come
2: off early. All right. And I already mentioned it earlier, but my number one option of all these drafts because it was the player that was mocked three different times and I was like, there's no way he's going to be there after what we saw from the combine. But Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia, completely different from George Karloftis. To your point and to everybody's point, not necessarily a prototypical edge rusher coming off the edge in this defense under Steve Spagnuolo. But at some point, you just look at the skill set you figure out a way in which you could utilize what he does best, and how can you incorporate that into your defensive scheme? We mentioned uh, off yeah. the top when Todd McShay explained that, what, 21 of the Chiefs' 55 sacks last year came on a blitz. Uh, there's a lot of fun things that you could do with Vaughn Miller. I'm not—what stands out to me, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this point because I'm not comparing them as players. But I remember way back when Von Miller got drafted to the Broncos, there was a knock that the Broncos might not take him because he wasn't a 3-4 outside linebacker. He didn't fit exactly what right. they was going to do. Right. Whereas they just put him as almost like a rush Sam, and they just move him around. You figure out a way to get him on the field, even if on paper he doesn't fit exactly what you've done in the past. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Von Miller, you're right. He was
3: a strong side linebacker in the 2011 draft grades, you know? And so... The game changes and you have athletes that change with it. Micah Parsons, same thing. It's like, oh, who Draft's a linebacker that early. Well, now he's arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL. So I think if Nolan Smith is there, BJ, that's the pick, and it should take about three seconds. Uh, however long it takes to write that thing down or make the call, type it on your laptop, however you're getting it to the commissioner, that that has to be the pick. Uh, I think from a reality standpoint, uh, probably not going to be there. But, I mean, it, it would be a blast to watch Nolo key up plays for somebody with that type of speed and especially you know because you're in a you're in a situation where you're scoring like 35 every week teams are going to have to throw to beat you and so it's not so much about I, I know in the playoffs it's about stopping the run but getting to the playoffs I think it's about shutting down the pass in that division
2: yeah and to to remind everyone when talking about a player like Noel Smith, you just keep mentioning he's not there I went back just to double check Chiefs have 10 picks in this draft I do not expect them to pick 10 players I expect there to be about seven players. I do expect them to move up. We'll see how far they need to go. We saw it last year with Trent McDuffie. Maybe Nolan Smith, if he starts to fall, is one of those players they'd be willing to move up for. Uh, Because as of right now, the Chiefs, here are the picks that the Chiefs have in the 2023 NFL Draft. Obviously pick number one at 31 that we've been talking about. One pick in round two at 63. One pick in round three at 95. And then two fourth round picks. Pick number 122 that came from the Miami Dolphins for Tyreek Hill and then another pick in the fourth round at 134, one fifth-round pick at 166, and then two sixths and two sevenths um, to round out uh, the Saturday of the NFL draft. But the Chiefs have some ammo. If they want to move up, they've got some day three picks uh, that they can use. Um, Only, you know, obviously the one pick in the first round, two picks on day two, and then the eight picks um, on day three. even seven picks on day three. That's never going to happen. Yeah. I can't. Seven picks on day three is not going to happen. Yeah, it. Uh, I would be very surprised. I'm um, excited to see what the Chiefs can do to move up and move around. But, uh, again, Matt, uh, appreciate you helping us break down these mock drafts and, and ranking these. We'll do this uh, again here in a few weeks. We'll go back to some interviews next week. But, Matt, before we let you go, um, what the Chiefs have done in free agency, I want to get your thoughts on a player. Uh, I saw you tweeting out about Drew Tranquil, uh, which is the one that I yeah. thought was just straight thievery uh, for the Chiefs to get a player that uh, – yeah has a skill set he does at the position he does. I know it's not a high value position necessarily, but this guy played over 900 snaps last year for the chargers defense. And the chiefs got him for $3 million um, with incentives to go higher. But to me, the drew tranquil one kind of came out of nowhere. Didn't see that one coming as far as that position. Uh, But as soon as I heard the name, I was like, I'll bring that guy into this group. That, that was pretty impressive to me. Same. Uh, I tweeted this.
3: Yeah. You got your coverage linebacker now. And I know there's, um, uh, the surprise of people scratching their head of like, well, you have Nick Bull and you have Willie Gay, you have Leo Chanel, who really came on late last year. Tranquil's so different than any of those yeah. guys. So, I think what he brings in the nickel ability is going to be huge. I mean, he was a safety at Notre Dame. Um, so, uh, he definitely has a ton of experience there. He's going to play, you know, every special teams that you have, and it's just yeah. like one of those super solid roster pickups. So, I, I really, really like this signing. Um, maybe a little bit of hyperbole here and well, uh, I will, I'm will. i prepared to be wrong about this, I actually think he might be better than Willie Gay, just as an all-around mm-hmm. football player, that he might be better. So like, I won't be surprised if at the end of the season it's uh, Nick Bolton's the the best linebacker, Drew Trickell's second best. I just think he has a skill set that fits where the game is going.
2: Definitely brought in some competition for that position and yeah. uh, creating that for a player in Willie Gay that uh, we've seen flashes of it. You know, we had the suspension last year. We've seen flashes of it a little bit, uh, but hasn't quite yeah. got there for the player that I was hoping that we would get in some of the impact plays. Not that he's been bad, um, but obviously bringing in Drew Tranquil is is competition for guys that fit kind of the same way in which uh, he was used. And again, I saw some some Chiefs fans kind of yeah. say, well, he's Darius Harris. Darius Harris played 250 snaps for a Super Bowl championship yeah, defense. So. Drew Tranquil played over like 930 snaps. Um, so yeah. not quite the same as far as, uh, experience, how they've been used, uh, excited to see how that plays out. And then finally, get your thoughts on, uh, Mike Edwards safety from the bucks, uh, came from Kentucky a player that I recognize because going back to the year that he came out of the draft, the chiefs had just brought in Matt house, uh, to, pl- to be the linebackers coach. Matt right. house had been the defensive coordinator for Kentucky. So I remember talking with both Lonnie Johnson, the cornerback who actually was with the chiefs for a little bit of time uh coming out of the draft that year because i was trying to find players that our new defensive coach uh would have known pretty well from his time in college and lonnie johnson and mike edwards were those two players but uh what do you think about the mike edwards pickup now the chiefs had lost obviously one thornhill to the browns
3: yeah man i like it i think this is your maybe your starting free safety if not it's your third safety but you guys know how much the chiefs are rolling three safeties out there um I thought he had a down year last year. So if you go look at 2022, you're probably going to be underwhelmed. If you look at 2020, 2021, you're going to see a better all around player. Um, but that was, has a deep secondary in Tampa. And the fact that he played so early and was able to lock down a spot, I think he says a lot about who he is. I mean, he's a little bit undersized and he's five ten, Um, but I like his coverage ability. And again, it's he and Brian cook are going to have a fun little battle to see who that starting free safety is going to be.
2: Yeah. It, it's be interesting. I still think the Chiefs are going to bring in another safety. They normally carry four or five going into the training camp. Uh, you need those bodies. And right now, they only have three on the roster. They've got Justin Reed. Uh, they've obviously got Brian Cook. And then they just signed Mike Edwards. There's only like three safeties, I believe, on the roster uh, right now. I know some of the guys can go back. Nazi Johnson, some of those guys can kind of go back and forth. But still expect them to bring in yeah. some bodies there. But uh, again, Chiefs and Brett Veach and company have been doing a phenomenal job filling this roster. Still expect some depth at wide receiver. Justin Watson makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. And then uh, interior defensive line, the defensive tackle, You um, saw him bring back Treshawn Wharton and uh, you know Derek Nottie is still out there. I wouldn't be completely surprised to see the Chiefs bring back Derek right. Nottie either. Um, just another rotational player that they're familiar with at a position that's pretty light uh, right now. So anyway, Matt, man, always appreciate Appreciate everybody for watching and uh, powering through listening to this as I just downed my coffee and started talking 100 miles an hour. So, Uh, appreciate everybody for your support please hit that like and subscribe uh follow us on all of your platforms the lab will be going live tonight monday night eight o'clock as per usual you'll find that podcast tuesday morning here on all of our channels appreciate everybody for hanging out
1: we'll see you next time thanks for listening to kc sports network you can find all six of our channels at kcsn covering the chiefs the royals sporting kc and the kc current